Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation happens. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride from author to author. We want to give you an experience where you learn and enjoy the conversation. Authors tell you about their journey, you learn about new books, and at the end of the day, you go home with a smile on your face because the Author's Porch is a beacon of light bringing you home to the family you never knew you had. We hope that you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every great conversation happens. And it happens because we trusted Brendan and Vomsey at Master Talk to show us the power of effective communication. We also make sure we have a great cup of coffee from Third Day Coffee Seguin, a Christ-centered, veteran-owned coffee company. Today on the show, we have Alan T. Black. How are you doing, Alan? I am doing fantastic with CJ. How are you doing during this holiday season? I am doing great and spending time with family. We were talking a little bit about it before we went live. So uh, guys, I've been talking to Alan just for a few minutes and I've had a smile on my face the entire time. So Alan, I'm going to give just a small little bit about you if you don't mind real quick so the audience can get to know you just a little bit. All right. Awesome, guys. So when I was reading Alan's bio, one of the things that stuck out the most about me is he talks about he grew up in a Methodist, uh, United Methodist Church, and he embraces his background. But one thing that is most important to him, he says, is that it's not about the denomination. What matters the most is the relationship that you have with the Lord. And that really stuck with me, Alan. And the reason is, is I say that it's not about what you choose to be as your religion, but who you choose to be as a person. Exactly. And I love that. And I and I see that you're a Christian author, which you're very proud to be called a Christian author, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So so tell us more about so one of the things I did not see and I went on your website to try to find, I was like, where is Alan at in the world? Like I'm in Texas, so where's Alan at? Oh. <laughs> I couldn't find it. I was like, where's Alan at? <laughs> you know, I never thought about that. I am in the heartland of America. I'm in Nebraska. So okay. I would be maybe 15, 16 hours by car from where you are in Texas, depending on if you're in North Texas. But if you're in Houston, that's about 18 hours, something like that. So I'm dead, dead smack in the middle of the country in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay, so I am even further south than Houston, if you can believe that. So before I knew about this place where I'm at, I didn't know there was anything south of Corpus Christi. I was like, you mean there's even more south? There is. You can go three and a half hours south of Corpus and you're going to find Brownsville, Texas. It's where Starbase One is. Mm -hmm. It is where the best tacos uh, south of San Antonio is. It's Brownsville, Texas, and that's where I am. And it is on the border by the sea. So yeah, I am um, living it up down here in tropical weather. So Omaha, Nebraska, were you born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska, or was it somewhere you traveled to? No, this is where I was born. I have lived here off and on most of my life after I graduated college. I did live in several different places before I eventually returned to Omaha to kind of settle in and just reconnect with my family and friends. Okay. Awesome. And 
was it a job that took you traveling or is it something that you just, you were like, you know what, I'm going to go see the world because. That's it. When I left college at, at 22, I had made up my mind that I wanted to see as much of America or the world as such that I possibly could. Because when I was in college as an undergraduate, just to do history courses, English literature, things like that, to read and to hear about different places, it just became really a commitment on my part. I said when I graduated that I've got to travel a whole lot. In fact, I remember I graduated and three days after I graduated, I took off with a friend and we moved to Atlanta. Now, I'm going to admit that wasn't the smartest thing in the world to do when I'm 22 and you couldn't tell me nothing. And now I look back and I'm like, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. But Atlanta GA was there and I just said, you know what, I'm going to explore. I had a great time while I was there, did a little bit of work there. And eventually I came back actually to Omaha for a few months and then was hired by an insurance company, moved to Illinois, lived in Illinois outside Chicago for a while then moved to Denver, lived there for a while, then eventually came back to Omaha as well. So I got a chance to see quite a bit. I've traveled quite a bit domestically, not as much internationally, but domestically. I've been very blessed just to just get up and go and, and just go for it because, CJ, I never wanted to get to the point where I'm at the age where I'm at now, 66, where I didn't want to say, man, I wish I had done this or I wish I had done that. So I can honestly say that, as far as traveling, there's a few places I haven't been to, but majority of the places within the United States, I've been very blessed to say I've actually visited them, and I feel great about that. That's awesome. I've seen this trend on Facebook over the past couple of days where it says um, most people, I think the highest number they get is like eight states, and how many of do you get, and you have to pick, and all this other stuff, and I was counting, and I got like 20-something states, and my goal before I go, which we never know when that's going to be, right, is I want to get all 50 states because right. I think it's super cool. You know, there's so many places I want to see. There's so many historical sites. I'm one of those people that when I drive down the road and it says historical marker one mile on the left, I will stop. Like I drive when I travel, I drive, I don't fly. Uh, so I totally get the wanting to see the different places in the United States and the traveling. And I totally get, you know, 22 and no one's going to tell you what to do. I have a 21 year old. Um, he's oh, leaving yeah. tomorrow to go back to, to college in Iowa. So I get the mindset. <laughs> brings back a lot of memories. Oh man. I'm not sure all of them are good, but yeah, it brings back memories. So, um, I've been fortunate. I've hit out of the 50 states, I think it's 34 at this time. Wow. So I'm very fortunate. And, you know, I remember the travel bug, now that I think back, really hit me in the fourth grade. I'll never forget this, CJ. I was in my fourth grade class. We were doing geography. And I remember we were looking at a U.S. map. And I was just looking at how vast the United States was. So I'm, I'm eight years old, so it looks like it's an entire universe. But I remember more than, more than anything else, I looked over to the east, and way up there in that right-hand corner was this state called Maine. And I was fascinated, and I said, you know what? One day I'm going to go to Maine because I just want to see what's up there. And 2000, 
two. I was actually watching one day something on the Food Network. And they were talking about this event in a city called Rockland, Maine, called the Lobster Fest. And so I was watching it, and I was watching it enthusiastically. And I said, you know what? I'm going to the Lobster Fest in 2003. And as soon as that show ended, I got on the phone. I went online. I researched Rockland, Maine, found out where the hotels were at. I booked a hotel for like one year in advance, called my cousin. I told him, I said, hey, we're going to Maine next year. We're going to eat up lobster and just pig out. And he was like, what are you talking about? I said, just trust me, man. Just trust me on this. And so I finally made it to Maine in August of 2003. Matter of fact, I still have my poster here on my wall about the lobster fest. But in the fourth grade, that's when it really hit me when I saw visually the United States. I said, you know what? I'm going to travel this country as much as I can before I really get old. And I'm, I'm blessed to say I did it. That's awesome. I'm going to do that. I'm going to tell my husband, we have to wait till we get our RV though, because we have dogs and I don't go anywhere without my dogs. But when we get our RV, I'm going to pick places based off of things that I see. Yeah. That look really cool. So I got to tell you about an event down here. And then I have a question for you. Um, there's an event down here in Brownsville called Charo Days. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, and no. it is it is a holiday just here in Brownsville in Matamoros, Mexico. So we're in a border town here. And it's one of the safest. It's the, I think we're the 10th safest city in the United States or something. 10th or 11th. And I can't remember what year that was. But Charo Days, it's a whole week holiday it's actually one day is the holiday where the town basically you have the the days off the college the community college i worked for we were off for the day and everybody's Mm -hmm. off for that day but the whole week they celebrate it and it is the premise of the holiday is to celebrate the friendship between Matamoros, Mexico in Brownsville, Texas, the border town. And it is the best. So if you ever get to look it up, Charo Days, and if you ever get to come down during Charo Days, it's it's the last week in February. And it is the best time of your life. There's a parade. There's a children's parade. There's an adult parade. There's a parade at night. Um, But it is the best. And they do Hands Across America, where they go to the International Bridge. And they hold, the children hold hands all the way across the bridge so we're bridging that divide between mexico and the united states it's the best holiday and it's so much friendship and it's so colorful the food so i just wanted to tell you about that because you're like me you like to go and experience stuff not just go and see you like to experience so i wanted to tell you about that real quick but uh i want to get back on track because you wrote some books and i wanted to find out did you utilize your experiences traveling and the things that you've seen in your travels in the books? In some respects, I did each of my books in the third book, which is entitled Just a Closer Walk. CJ, each of my books is really kind of a reflective piece. Okay. Looking back over my life, things that happened, things that I was taught via my parents and my elders, And so I draw from those experiences and I pull from them in terms of what may have happened when I was eight and what the spiritual connection is between what it meant then and what it means now. So I think when I do write, it's really a system of 
reflective stories and introspection, introspection, things of that nature. So it's very reader friendly. It's very relatable. All of my books in terms of what I do, and this is my third book that will be coming out about two weeks or so, they're very conversational in terms of how I write. There's nothing in terms of uh, doctrine, denominations, or anything of that, because that's not really what God has had me to write for this, the third book. So all of my books are very story-oriented. And to be honest with you, I really am just now beginning to recognize, CJ, what type of writer that I am. It might sound weird, but when I just started writing as far as being an author, which really began in 2015, I just started writing what the Holy Spirit was telling me to do. I had no real sense of what I was doing, how to format it, what would you call it. I, I was just writing. And I, I can remember with the first book, which is called Here I Am Lord, actually after I finished up about two or three kind of short story, inspirational type of writings, it kind of scared me in a way, CJ, because I had never really written in this arena before. Mm -hmm. My writing background is really tied more so to music as a lyricist because I write the lyrics for songs in collaboration with musicians to create songs. That's really been my stronghold and that's my real passion and has been for probably about 30, 35 years, something like that. But when 2015 came around, God began to move me away from that and come more into the arena of writing, I guess, in an inspirational type of manner, which was completely foreign to me. I can tell everybody who's listening and watching that I had no qualifications to do this. Uh, I'm not a writer as such by profession, but it was just a situation really, CJ, where I was just doing what God called me to do and, and just follow his lead. It, it might sound simplistic to a lot of people, but trust me, it's real because when God calls you to do something, just be obedient and, and then you'll see where it leads you. And in my case, it led me to write one book, which in all honesty, I remember the first time the book came out on Amazon and I sat there and I just kind of looked at it because I really couldn't believe this had happened. Because I was always telling other people, CJ, that, wow, you've got a lot of interesting stuff that you've done, that you've been through. Maybe you should write a book. And so I was that person always telling everybody else, why don't you write a book? Because I think you've got some interesting stuff. And lo and behold, in 2015, the guy was saying to me, well, now I want you to start writing what I want you to do. And so I looked up in the May of 2017, and here's my first book, and I'm I'm shell-shocked. Like I said, I stared at it for five, ten minutes on Amazon because I was just totally stunned. I didn't know, how did this happen? It, <laughs> it, was, it was a real unusual experience, almost surreal in a lot of ways. And even now, after this, the third book, I still find myself thinking, how is this happening? I mean, I'm not a person who felt I was qualified to do it, but... I'm a living witness of the fact that if you're just going to be obedient to what you're calling is that God will give you what you need to get accomplished what he's calling you to do. 
Amen. You know, mm-hmm. I, I that's absolutely beautiful because I think when you're called to do something, that's your qualification. Exactly. That's that's your hundred exactly. percent qualification, and nothing else needs to tell you that you're qualified, right? Yes, and it's weird because I I work my profession was working at a university, working with college students as an advisor, recruiter, and a mentor. And so I was always that person pushing my students to reach for it and to go for it. And so in 2015, there came that time in a season where now what I was teaching them to do, I had to follow through and do myself, which was a bit unsettling because I'm thinking, okay, I've been teaching them how to do this, but now, Lord, you want me to do it. And it was scary. I'm going to be honest with you. It was kind of scary when I first started writing in 2015. And even before I wrote the first book, I can recall that at the end of of 2015, I had actually submitted a writing to a blog over in Singapore. And so previously, I think I had submitted writings to maybe 12, 13 different blogs, and they all said no. So this blog in Singapore called Christian Blessing was the last one I sent one to. And so I sent it, and I honestly, CJ, I thought, okay, they're going to tell me no, so I'll be done with that. And to my absolute shock, the editor reached out to me. She says, I like what you've written. I I like what you're saying. I'd like for you to write for me on a monthly basis. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not a writer. And so she said, well, yeah, I I want you to write, and it has to be at least 300 words each article. I almost passed out. I thought, I can't come up with 300 words. That's impossible. And so I kept doubting myself and doubting myself. And then I just began to step out on faith and just began to just do these writings and submitting these articles every every month beginning in 2016 to this blog in Singapore. And I did that for about five years. And it's amazing wow. because I can remember the editors telling me that I think she was prophesizing to me, but I wasn't really sure I was going to receive it. She said, you're going to start out struggling to write 300 words. And she said, you're going to get to a point one day in your life where trying to keep it under 300 words is going to be a problem. (laughs) And I'm I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. You just tell me what you want me to hear. She was 100% right. Because now when I'm writing uh, for different things, I'm trying to keep it short, like 300 words. But sometimes, you know, when you write, it just you just flow and it just comes. And sometimes it's hard just to turn it off. And I look up, I'm at five hundred mm-hmm. words, and I'm like, oh, man, I didn't mean to write this much. But when you're in a creative spirit, you don't necessarily just turn it off just because you want to turn it off. It doesn't work that way. At least it doesn't to me. Yeah. You finish it out, and then you get it out, and then you just kind of go from there. So it's been, it's been an amazing journey. It's a journey that I started at 60 years old. So I I say this to everybody that's listening. Age is not relevant. Trust me, age is not relevant. There was no way I intended to begin on the road to be a Christian author at the age of 60. And now at 66, having just done my third book and looking at an idea for a fourth book, maybe another year or so, it's you just never know when God's called you to do something. Age, he's not a respecter of your age. He'll equip you to do what it is that you're called to do if you're 10 or if you're 80. It doesn't matter. That's irrelevant to him. 
Yeah. I, I love that because I think a lot of people utilize self-doubt mm-hmm. or to utilize excuses to stop or not go after the things that they were called yeah. to do. And they go against the very thing uh, that they should go for. Exactly. I was scared of public speaking. I was scared of being on the camera and I sat in a little apartment in San Antonio. I went away to go work. Um, It was supposed to be for good. And I was only going to come home on the weekends to see my family. And then um, I sat in that apartment trying to find out what my purpose was by myself. And I was called to, to do this. I was called to speak. I was called to talk to people. I, I I read a Bible verse that came to me in my dreams and I woke up the next day and I read it and it was basically, you need to be a vessel for my words. You need to speak. And then I started my podcast <laughs> and, wow, then the pan- really? and then the, yeah. And then the pandemic happened and it called the pandemic called me home. So it wasn't for me to be up there and speak and do all that stuff. It was to come home. Mm-hmm. and do it and that's that's where all of this started and so i think that a lot of people utilize excuses so i i love that you said okay well i don't know how i'm gonna do it i've never thought of myself as an author but i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna figure this this doggone thing out and i'm just gonna go for it and now you're thinking of an idea for book four yeah. so can you can you tell us um you said that the books are inspirations and motivations. Can you tell us a little more about um, about each of the books or pick one and give us some, some more insight to it? I will give you an example of okay. one of my short essays from my second book, which is called In the Spirit Intended. And I have a collection in the first book and the second book of about 35 short inspirational type of stories. These stories generally run about two to three pages or so. They're very short reads. And one of my favorites from the second book is called A Square Peg. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I, the Lord had me to write A Square Peg is because the truth of the matter is, CJ, a lot of us in life, if we're going to be honest with the person we see in the mirror, A lot of us have traveled down a road where we have tried to fit in. We try to fit into different situations, different environments that we were not necessarily called to be a part of. And unfortunately, a lot of people will spend a lot of their life trying to fit in where they're not needed or they're not wanted. And so the gist of a square peg speaks to the fact that Whatever it is that you are called to do, you're not being called to fit in. You're being called to stand out. Mm. And even as you do that, if you are being called to stand out, you have to, in essence, prepare yourself for the fact that the process and the journey of standing out at times may be one that you travel with very few people or even by yourself. But that's just what your mission and your purpose is. And so that's one of my favorites. Something I have had to remind myself of is that a lot of times I have tried to fit in. And that's not what it's all about, because when you do try to fit in, you are really limiting or putting a damper on the potential that you have within you to really fulfill. 
And a lot of times that potential is going to be fulfilled by you stepping out and standing out and going the path that you've been called to follow. So that's one of my favorites from, say, the second book that a lot of people have really been inspired by. And so all of my essays are kind of in that particular vein as far as I just take a concept, share what my thoughts are. I'm not going to say that my thoughts because it's what the Holy Spirit has given me. And then we just I just kind of build a story from there that hopefully is going to be relatable. A lot of the people that have read either book or both books have said they they appreciate the fact more than anything, CJ, is very down to earth, is very relatable. And it's a short story that they can just consume very quickly because we're in a day and time, if we're going to be honest about it, whereby most people are not going to sit down and read chapters of books that are 40, 50 pages long. They're just not going to do it. Nope. We're in a hit it and move it and keep going society. Whether we like it or not, that's just how <laughs> it is. So I think my writing content as far as for today's society is a good fit because each of my essays are maybe two or three pages. That That's about it. And I, I get to the meat of it as quickly as possible so you can glean from it what you're looking for. And again, it's not preachy. It's not doctrinal. It's not talking heavy denomination because like I said in my bio, none of that stuff really matters. It, it's about the relationship. That That's just what it comes down to because the world that we're living in is not impressed with your denomination or your doctrinal practices and such. They want to know who are you really and do you represent who you say you really do? Because they want to see it on a daily basis. That's what they're looking for. And that's what they're going to evaluate, evaluate you on or judge you on fairly or unfairly. That's just the reality of the times that we live in. Yeah. When you were... It, when you were talking about that square peg, I almost, I was chuckling a little bit because I, I say that a lot. I say some things just don't fit and that's okay. It's okay to not fit sometimes. And when you were saying all the things you were saying, I felt that you were speaking directly to me because I've had things go on where it, I've said it's okay. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to go and fit directly here because you're not meant to be there. And I tell people, you're not meant to take everyone along the journey. And I was just like, I could sit and I, I need to read your books. Like <laughs> I need that, that type of motivation. And I find everything that you're saying so relatable and I think a lot of people are going to find the things that you're saying, which which you say are in your book, you're saying are in your books, so relatable to so many people. And I think that a lot of people are going to need it. And I like that you say it's small digestible. And the reason is we need that. Everyone go, 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 right? Yeah. It's, it's just this constant go, 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 go. And me, myself, I suffer from ADD, which means... I'll be sitting there reading something and mid read my brain just starts going over here and I try to redirect back over here, but it says, no, go over here. But if I can quickly read something digestible, I'm going to get it. It's going to catch me Yes. before my brain goes over here. And that's something I can't control. I work on it. I have, you know, little things that I do to 
focus and stuff. But even people that don't have ADD that are constantly on the go. I mean, I, I wrote a one hour short story. It's 19 pages is the whole book is 19 pages. And I do small little short stories for people to read on their lunch break. So your book, those little pieces of digestible short stories within the book, three pages, they can take it on their lunch break, read a short little motivational story or something to digest just to get their hopes up, to let them know that life is going to be okay. Even in the hardest moments, there's light. I love that. And I think too, the other thing to keep in mind is there is the ADD factor for some individuals as such, but also we as a society have moved away from what grandma said, just do one thing at a time and worry about that. Those days of those days are long gone. Yeah. Everybody is multitasking all the time. And mm -hmm. so with that being the case, most people's attention span is very limited. You've got to give it to them right away because otherwise they are already processing something else 15 minutes down the road and they have basically shut down what's in front of them because it's taking too long to get to the point. Now, I don't say necessarily that that's right, but these are the times that we live in. Mm -hmm. So I'm very blessed as far as what I do right is short, is precise, is relatable, and then you can come back to it and you can read it later. You can read one of my essays in five, six minutes, probably. Mm -hmm. And you've gotten out of there what it is I'm trying to convey to you. And a lot of it is relatable because I'm drawing from experiences in life that people are going to say, you know, I kind of have a, an experience like that. I talk about different things from my childhood experiences with my, my grandparents, like one of the chapters in the third book is going to be called pig pen. And I, I'm talking about the pig pen in terms of that being a place which is just dirty and filthy, but I make it relatable to those times in life when you feel like you are in a pig pen. And what are you going to do to kind of make that process to transition out of that? And so yeah. what I've been blessed to be able to do is I can take a concept and then kind of tie it together and make it relatable. I think one of my favorite favorites in the third book is a title that I came up with, which is kind of abstract, but I, I kind of think in abstract terms a lot. One of the chapters is going to be called Of Mice and Men. Mm. That'll be very relatable to a lot of people. It'll tie in scripturally to something they're very familiar with. But that, that's my passion is I like to take abstract concepts, I can see how can I make it relatable. One other chapter in the third book is called Beauty and the Beast. And so I make that relatable. So uh, the Holy Spirit has given me the, uh, granted me the opportunity to really kind of develop these concepts. I'm not going to sit and tell everybody listening that I'm all that good. I'm not. I'm not that smart. I'm just being honest. <laughs> so I'm just being open to what really the Holy Spirit is directing me to do. And just try to be obedient. That's really what it's all about for me. But you're relatable. And I think that's what is going to bring people to you is because you are somebody that everyone is going to be able to relate to. Exactly. I mean, a regular person. Yeah. To me, I mean, I already, you know, the concepts that you're throwing out there, I'm like, 
yeah like when you were talking about the square peg i was like i felt like you were talking directly to me and i'm like yeah 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 i like that and i was like i want to read more already so real quick um we've had some visitors here jr byers uh fellow nebraska she's a, she's an omaha native here uh there she's in florida right now she is a fellow author jr comes and visit visits us a lot here on the porch i don't know so. she's staying warm down in florida because it's cold here <laughs> You know what yeah. it's like here. Yeah. <laughs> Joey's great. Uh, she's a fantastic author and, and uh, she'll be on our show. I think she's booked for February or March, but she's in our group, the authors on the porch as well. And uh, chimes in a lot over there. We do author chats, which are just small little uh, non-interview type things where we get three, three authors and myself where we sit and talk about all the things we go through as authors, the self doubt that we talked about oh, earlier. The, really interested. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, where, uh, what is your upcoming project? You said you're looking for a topic for the fourth book. The fourth book is actually going to be a co-write between my sister and myself. Mm. We're looking at it being sort of a children's type of book. Yes. And I'm looking at that probably in 2023. At least, well, that's what my plan is. Let me just say it that way. Now, whether <laughs> or not that's what God has in store for me, that's a whole different question because none of these first three books were anything to do with Alan's plan. Yeah. None, not one, not one single word was my plan. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. That's oh, it works. It, it's, <laughs> I'm still just kind of like, well, how did this happen? I, I did not intend to go down this road. I still wanted to do my music. <laughs> I still want to do my music, but God's like, no, no, that's not happening. I'm like, okay, I give up. I'll just do what you want me to do. Because I can be hard-headed and stubborn sometimes, but you would think at this point, you would think I would figure it out that I'm not going to get anywhere, but I still try. It doesn't mean I succeed because I always fail, but hey. Yeah, it gives us something to do on our free time when we're not fulfilling his duties, right? <laughs> I guess so. I'm successful at it, but I keep trying. <laughs> so, Alan, where can people reach you at? Uh, they can go to my website, which is alantblack.com, A-L-A-N-T-B-L-A-C-K.com, and they have information there about the first two books, and then soon they'll see something about the third book, which is called Just a Closer Walk. That should be coming out in the next two or three weeks or so. I'm also on Instagram. I think it's alantblack.com. Five five, y'all be patient because I'm still learning this social media stuff. Because I'm a dinosaur who in college was doing these term papers the old fashioned way with a typewriter. <laughs> and for those people that don't know what a typewriter is, just Google it and you'll see what it is. Okay. <laughs> so, but uh, I, I'm learning, and it's been it's been an amazing transition. I have a social media person who's trying to coach me and teach me and. Bless her heart, she is so patient because sometimes she's just thinking, he is such a dinosaur. But she has to understand that I came from the microfish era and going to the library and going up into the stacks to research. And now you do everything online. So it's it's like I'm a Flintstone in the Jetson age, but I'm trying to keep up. I'm trying. I don't know how good of a job I'm doing, but I'm trying at least. Hey, you're, you're authoring books, you know, you're doing the best that you can. And you, there's yeah. people my age that won't even touch Instagram and 
and they don't use smartphones. So you're doing, you're doing wonderful, Alan. And so this is a part of the show where I hand it over to you. I let you take the reins. And if you have any last words, anything that we didn't get to talk about that you want to make sure that the audience or any viewers get to hear from you that we haven't had a chance to talk about before we end the show. So I'll hand it over to you. I'm going to really make this less about me and more about our audience. And as 2021 is coming to an end, we're, what, three days away from 2021. One of my very first essays that I wrote for my Christian blog over in Singapore was called Old Acquaintances. You know, we have that song, Old Lang Syne, Old Acquaintances Be Forgotten. And when I wrote Old Acquaintances, what the focus of that was is when you go into a new year or a new season, make the commitment to get rid of old acquaintances. Things like your doubt, your fear, your lack of confidence, your lack of vision. Going into, like, say, this new year, 2022, make it a point to get rid of those old acquaintances because you really have a lot of great things that you can accomplish. And so don't let the old acquaintances kind of hold you back or, or tie you down. So that's really what I would share with our audience for this evening. 2022 is around the corner. Whatever it is that you're called to do, go ahead and take that walk on faith and, and do it. Because one thing I learned scripturally from the story of Peter when Christ beckoned him to walk on the water is the fact that Peter at least took the opportunity to try to walk on the water. And I'm going to close with something that my father taught me from the time I was a kid. And he taught me in terms of the story of Peter and the Bible. He said, I want you to look at it a different way. He said, you know what? You can't walk on the water. You can't walk on the water, CJ, if you don't get out of the boat. And I'm saying that to say this, 2022 is that time and season to get out of the boat, go after what it is that you have a passion for, you feel you've been called to do. No, it's not going to be easy, but the boat represents a place of safety and comfort. And a lot of times what we're being called to do is to get out of that place of comfort and start walking on that water on faith and see about making it happen. So that's really what I would say to everybody in 2022. And again, more information about me as an author is alantblack.com and then also Instagram, alantblack55. So, CJ, I cannot thank you enough for this honor to be here this evening. I'm still in a state of disbelief at times when I do these interviews because I keep thinking, I'm just a regular guy from Omaha, Nebraska. What am I doing? But I'm a living example that you just get out there and go and see what happens. I'm walking on the water myself. Trust me, I have sank a lot of times and almost drowned, but still I rise and I just got to keep pressing on and I encourage everybody else to do the exact same thing. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight, Alan. Thanks for sharing your journey as well as your truth. And I'm so glad that we I came across your path. I'm going to pick up one of those books because I love 
what you're speaking about here tonight, as well as I think I'm going to enjoy the relatability of the stories in the books. So guys, uh, don't forget to come back each week and watch us live or the podcast right here on Facebook. You can also ask Siri or Alexa to play our latest episode. Head to our website, catch the latest issue of the magazine and blog posts. We want to continue to make authors' dreams come true and provide them a platform to shine. We will see you guys next time. If you appreciate conversations like we do and want to become a better speaker, visit our friends Brendan and Bomzi of Master Talk, where they teach you how to use the power of your voice. And don't forget, stay awake with a nice cup of coffee from Third Day Coffee Seguin, the best cup of coffee right. this side of heaven. Until next time, my friends, I'm CJ. That is Alan, and that's my little dogs working in the background. <laughs> Go read his books and write on. Bye, Alan. Bye, Bye-bye. everybody. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. The Author's Porch is a certified veteran-hosted podcast. Show your support. Tune in, share, and subscribe.